Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. You're listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Turn it up. Listening to Talking Metal Live. It's now hour two. John is on his way. Yes, and we have Militia in the studio. Jay Bones is hanging out. It's a it's a, a an official party. We got Jody <laughs> from Bionic working with us and Jake in the back room. So thanks to those guys for for working hard. And you just heard the tail end. If you're listening to the podcast version of this of the Ripper, we have Militia from Judas Priestess in the studio who is hanging out with us again. As Bud Friendly said, John is on his way. Ace Frilly will be calling in to the live show. It'll probably actually be the third edition of the podcast version of this live show, but he'll be calling in in the uh, the nine o'clock hour tonight. So that'll be exciting. Chris Black from a great band out of Chicago, High Spirits, will be calling in. Uh, soon in about five minutes actually so let's talk about judas priest 
while we have militia here. Is it odd to you that they're doing this quote unquote farewell tour without KK Downing? It's got to be odd, right? It it is odd. It's to me, it's odd. (laughs) Well, you know what it is. I mean, I get it. I understand like things happen, lineups change and stuff like that. Um, does it suck? Yes. <laughs> is it like just how it is? Yes. I mean, I would hate it more if they stopped performing completely. Mm. I would hate it more if they dis- disintegrated completely. Right. So in order to keep the dream alive, they got to keep chugging. So as much as I love KK and miss him, um, KK was a big supporter of Judas Priestess when we first started. Um, he's on, he, he has a website called The Steel Mill. We're featured on that, and he's actually doing a whole regular thing about tributes that he likes. Oh, he's cool. featuring them on his own website, The Steel Mill. Um, but I got to say, the new guy is good. I don't know if that's blasphemy to say right. that out loud and announce it's it. It's like but 30 years old. Richie's so, yeah. really good. Yeah. I mean, he's got a lot of energy. He brings a fresh energy. You know, it's different. Yeah, it's not the original lineup, but... You know, in order to keep the integrity of the band going, they had to get someone who was going to be really killer. And I think they got him for sure. Um, Do I find it weird that they're saying it's their last tour? Well, I freaked out just like everyone else did when they made the announcement that it was the last tour. But it's not actually their last tour. It's the last world tour. Ah. Okay. So world tours. (laughs) It's always a fine line, right? (laughs) Right. But, you know, world tours take a chunk out of your life. Sure. You know, that's like what, uh, it's like a over a year, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes you get to the point where it's just like, wow, I would rather just like hit it and quit it. Go out and play somewhere for a month and then go home and then go out and play this place for a month and then go home, you know, so I don't blame them for wanting to do that, you know, so I know I will definitely be supporting them on this tour. I will be at the IZOD on November 18th. Uh, going to see them and supporting them and giving up the love just like everyone else. Cool, cool. And, and what did you say? You're going to Guns N' Roses instead? What I, was well, that? I, I'm actually leaving town on the 18th because we're going out to for the the following week. We're away in Indiana, but um, I I'd like to go to Guns N' Roses on the <laughs> 17th. But here here's my issue. I mean, I'm reading these things online, and it's like. I, I, I don't know if I can bear to wait around until midnight to, to see them play. Right. I mean, it's like, and, and people are like, oh, well, you know, I mean, I, when I saw Motley Crue and, and uh, recently the show ended at 11 and that was perfect for me. And I will, <laughs> I will say, I will say this. Um, I actually found it a little, you know, there was an issue on the Guns N' Roses state uh, Facebook page or something saying, well, you know, um, I forget what it said. It's like, oh, if you go to a Guns N' Roses show, don't expect to go to work or school the next day. It's like, <laughs> what? It's like, okay, so you want me to pay 80 bucks for a ticket and then you want me to use one of my, you know, six five, days. six days <laughs> the next day? Or in my case, I'm freelance, lose money and not go, you know, know, it's like, it's like, I just feel like that, 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 that Axel, I mean, that's really, he's not, he's not from, he's not living in, 
most people's reality who are going to come to the show. And times I, have changed. And I think <laughs> I think it's fine if you want to go on at midnight if you're playing, you know, a club in the city or something. But I think when you got when your fan base is in their 30s and 40s and they all have to, you know, go to work the next day or or drive their kids to school, mm-hmm. it's like you got you got to kind of. I know it's different yeah. now. I know. Yeah, and so I, I don't know, but I, I think I'm going to go because I'm friends. Uh, a, I'm I I do love the new Guns N' Roses music, which a yeah. lot of people disagree with me, but I I, I think it's just awesome. Uh, and I love Bumblefoot. I love Frank. Me too. And um, interestingly enough, I don't know if you know, this is how incestuous the world of rock and roll is, is that Bumblefoot and I met years ago uh, when he came and auditioned for the Sandra Bernhard band. Uh, and I'm really outing wow. him right now. <laughs> but Sandra you know, Bernhard. when you're not like, you know... In Guns N' Roses, right, right. sometimes you take other gigs. So what's the Sandra so, Bernhardt band? Well, uh, Sandra Bernhardt, the comedian. Yeah, I know who that is. Yeah. yeah, she had a band called the Rebellious Jezebels. And this girl, LaFrey, who was the music director on drums, brought in her buddy, Bumblefoot, to come in and play guitar. Interesting. And I was singing backup. Oh. And so that was the first time that I met Bumblefoot, was through that. And he's one of these freaks of nature, you guys, that like... You, you can just give him like an iPod and be like, okay, listen to this and uh, then we're going to play it. And he can just like put, pop it in his ears. Well, and he, he said, listens. you know, they did, when he joined and Guns And then he's Ro- like, no, but this is the freakish part. He'll go like, he'll take it out of his ears and he'll go, okay, I got that. And he'll play it. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. It's really amazing. You kind of just want to bitch slap him. You're just like, why are you so talented? Boom. You know what I mean? Well, he said like <laughs> when he joined, you know, they didn't want Chinese to democracy to leak and stuff which was useless because it all leaked but um they were making him like listen to it on a laptop with like you know guns and roses security standing next to him as he tried to figure it Uh out making sure no one you know that's listening and stuff and and that's how yeah so but he can do that yeah and it would in a couple listens he would have it down yeah he's got like a music photographic memory i'm good but I'm not that good. I'm good. Like I can remember music for, I can remember music and songs and lyrics better than I can remember conversations. I have a similar kind of brain like that. And I think most people who play music probably have that too, but his is ridiculous. <laughs> so do you know this band High Spirits? Have you heard of them at all? They're kind of like you underground. Not many people know about them. I believe I saw their name online because I was like, oh, it's like the movie. Yeah, <laughs> high spirits. There's there's so little information about them online, so I'm hoping. Is it a booze reference or is it a paranormal I I reference? I don't know. Chris Black hopefully is calling in soon, and we can ask him. In the meantime, this is a great song off of their first record, 2009 release. We'll play some of their new music later. Uh, it's called Night After Night. Let's check it out here on Talking Metal.
Okay, we are back on Talking Metal, and on the line right now, we have Chris calling in from a great band called High Spirits. Chris, can you hear me? I can. How's it going? Good, Chris. Thanks so much for joining us. That song was the song that turned me on to you guys night after night. I know it's a few years old at this point, two years old. Just a, an amazing and well-written song, and you just don't get that that much anymore. And, and I've gone on to listen to a lot of other songs by you guys, including the, the brand new album, which we'll talk about. And you, you are really song-based, and, and I think that's, uh, that's something so many bands are missing today. Well, uh, first of all, thanks for the uh, for the comments about night after night. Uh, that's that's always cool to hear. Uh, you know that a listener has been grabbed by our songs, and and you know you're exactly right. We we go to <laughs> we go to what some would say uh, crazy lengths to keep the focus on the songs um, because that's what that's really what we want to be known for. We want the songs to be the total package. We don't want people wondering, you know what what t-shirts we're wearing, what we look like, you know, what, what obscure Swedish heavy metal band names we can drop. Uh, we really want the songs to be inclusive of our image and to really um, get into people's ears and their imaginations and, and, uh, and like I said, really um, deliver all of the goods. Yeah, and it's it, you so know very cool to hear. And when you mention imaginations, it's because like when I was growing up, I lived in the Chicago suburbs, and you know we'd find uh, find out about a band that we heard on like a high school or college radio station, and our imaginations would get going, and we'd try to track the album down, and we ride our bikes literally all over you know the suburbs looking for these these albums by these heavy metal bands, you know, and, sure. and it, it's it's kind of interesting because with you guys. It, you know, I'm so used to, oh, I hear a band and I, I, I Google them and there's the Wikipedia page. There's, you know, way more info than I would ever want online. But it was weird because when I found out about, about you guys, I actually went online and there's so little information written about you guys online that it almost added to the mystique. And I was like, what, you know, I was just dying to find out more information. <laughs> I couldn't even find a contact for you guys to book this interview. I ended up a, f a friend of mine, uh, actually Victor from the Mars Attacks podcast, hooked me up with your email. Um, but is there is there purposely a, a lack of information out there online about high spirits, or is it just something that that happened for other reasons? Well, there's a few different things probably contributing to that. I, we're a relatively new band. Uh, you have to keep that in mind. We've been uh, we've been a band, I guess, since uh, early 2009. So that's that's really not a lot of time. Um, and like I said, we uh, have been very song oriented from the start. Um, the uh, the first demo that Night After Night was from uh, really just kind of threw that out there. We we made a logo really quickly. You know, I, I drew it myself by hand. Uh, burned some CDRs. Went to Kinkos to make the covers, and you know that was that was enough. We weren't expecting. Uh, the response that we've gotten and that we continue to get, uh, we're, we're definitely psyched about it, but it's kind of, um, it, it's, it's been an interesting transition from being the band that, you know, copies our own CDRs and makes the covers at Kinko's to a band that's, that's, you know, starting to, the name's starting to circulate more and people are starting to check us out. Uh, you know, I've, I have been a little reluctant, uh, to do interviews and to to do a, a lot of the more traditional 
promotional things that a band usually does. Um, because, because again, like we were talking about initially, I, I'm very interested in letting the songs and letting the music do that work for us. Uh, right. You know, it's not the traditional model that bands take. And I've been in bands and am in bands that are, you know, not using that model at all. You know, we're doing the more, the more traditional promotion and, you know, here's our promo photo and, you know, we do as many interviews as we can, but with high spirits, I've been a little, uh, you know, again, a little reluctant to, to use those techniques because I, I, I kind of want to see where this is going. I kind of want to see, uh, you know, this is to me something very special and I invest a lot of energy in it. And, and uh, again, I'm very, very psyched by, the response that we've gotten so far. So, you know, I'm a little hesitant to, uh, to, to make any drastic changes to our approach at this point. It's, it seems to me like it's working. Cool. Yeah, definitely. And are you doing live gigs? Is that something that High Spirits does? Uh, actually, we've done a bunch. We've probably done close to 30 gigs. We did, uh, we've done a handful of local shows in Chicago, uh, which is always a blast. We have a great audience here. And I'm not just talking about our audience. I'm talking about the, the metal and rock and roll audience uh, in general here in Chicago is fantastic. So, we, you know, obviously we love playing here, but we've done a couple of short tours. Actually, uh, I think we did nine dates last summer being uh, 2010. And then I think we did, I think it ended up being 15 shows uh, this, uh, this past spring in May. Mm. Uh, we were over, uh, over on the East coast. You know, when you're, when you're in Chicago, it's a lot easier to, to go east than it is to go west because you go west and it's you know three days before the first gig and right you're in salt lake city uh, you yeah. know uh so it's a lot easier to go east um which we did and uh you know we had a blast had a blast made a lot of friends played pretty well um so yeah i would say uh you know we'll probably make an annual uh annual tradition out of heading out that way we'd, we'd like to go west at some point too but you know we're, t- we're, we're taking it slow uh you know and uh just kind of like I said, waiting to waiting to see where this is going. Cool. And another night is the latest album by you guys. Correct. And when did, when was that released? Earlier this year, right? Yeah, uh, not much earlier. It was uh, in the middle of August, I think. Okay. Yeah, because our our CD release show here was on the nineteenth of August, I think it was. So that's only that's only been out making the rounds for for a couple of months. And in some ways, we consider that the the studio, you know, the debut album, um, the first album the self-titled with the white cover that's really just a compilation of the demos that we did in 2009 um there was some consideration given to maybe re-recording those songs but with how much that has circulated and and in the in the sense that it has become has come to be regarded as its own album uh, yeah and i mean you talk about with all new material for this one you talk about like re-recording some of those songs i mean you know, night after night, there is, and, and I don't take this in the wrong way, but there is almost a low budget sound about it. But that's, well, that's one a, of the th- no budget sound, actually. No budget. And that's that's <laughs> that's one of the things I love about it is it brings me back to when I was a kid. And again, like new wave of British heavy metal about how, how poor the production was on some of those. Sure. And that's and that's that's really, uh, you know, I'm glad you said that. That's that's part of, I think, what people really responded to about the demos. I was honestly a little nervous that maybe people would find the better production of another night a little hard to swallow uh, and that maybe they wouldn't be as interested without that kind of roughness. Um, So far that hasn't been the case, but I know exactly what you mean. And that was another reason that I kind of shied away from the idea of uh, 
of redoing those songs. I mean, you know, never say never. I, they're always there if we decide to do that. But for now, it seemed like new material was the way to go. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Now, um, I don't know how old you are, but back in the day, do you remember a club called uh, The Thirsty Whale? The Thirsty Whale was actually gone before I got to Chicago. I oh, okay. moved here in the year 2000, and I think it was gone as of 98. Uh, I hear about it all the time from friends, but that's where uh, Thirsty Whale and Medusa's is the other place that gets mentioned a lot. Yeah which also isn't around anymore. Yeah, I was just curious, you know, being that I spent like six years of my life in Chicago, but it was like, you know, eighth grade through 12th grade. So I, I used to uh, go to the all-age shows at the uh, Thirsty Whale. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's uh, you know, I think it's left something of a void because all-ages all ages, uh, shows can be, can be tricky to put together. Here, yeah. there's a limited number. There's a limited number of venues who think that that sounds, especially. And we're talking about metal now. Obviously, the uh, you know the more punk oriented shows. That's kind of just part and parcel of that uh, of that culture. But with the metal shows, and you know, the drinking is such a big part of the deal for everybody. It's, yeah, it it is now. But it's it's interesting because I I swear when I was a kid, heavy metal like Metallica, for example. Like I remember, you know, going to see them and everybody there was, was 14 years old, you yeah, know? And I mean, yeah. they, those guys were 20, you know, 1920. And it was such a, a young, I remember talking to kids that were, you know, my, you know, seniors and I was a, a, a freshman or sophomore and they were like, that music is horrible. And I was convinced that old people, you know, the seniors don't like Metallica. And it was, it was such a young movement back then. And sure. I, I'm glad, I mean, I, hell, I'm still, I, for whatever I'm kind of still in the movement and I'm an old man for, for, uh, for the most part, but so it's, it's definitely aged, but it is interesting that I don't know that, that young kids today realize what a young movement heavy metal was back in the, uh, in the early eighties. And again, that, that the sound that you guys have, that's, that's what it brings me back to those, those, those great early eighties songs before metal really got, uh, you know, the business side took over and things got a little, a little too, too much towards the yeah, end of the eighties. And that's, that's really cool to hear that, uh, that, uh, that we give you that, uh, kind of that connection. Uh, yeah, that, definitely. That's very cool. Cool. So what is, uh, in the immediate, uh, future for high spirits? Right now we are waiting for the album to be released in Europe. It's coming out on CD and vinyl. Um, Initially, it was actually only supposed to be vinyl, but then I guess the label's distributors were asking for CD, too. So now it's now it's going to be both. The label's mm. called High Roller. Um, very hardworking, mostly vinyl label. Um, uh, they're located in Germany. Very, very cool guys to work with. They actually released uh, the Demos compilation album, the self-titled album, uh, if we're calling it that. They released that uh, with a nice gatefold sleeve. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, I have not, great job. No. They did a great job with it. It was a no-brainer to work together again. Um, so that's supposed to be out November 11th, um, and we're just kind of waiting to see what uh, they're supposed to be lining up a bunch of press for it. And and uh, we're mostly mostly I'm excited to get my copies of the uh, of the LP in the mail. That's uh, that's what's uh, what's keeping me going with that. But then uh, as far as uh, beyond that, we're uh, you know we've always got our ears open for. Uh, for shows happening around here, we'll probably try to do another uh, another tour uh, next year. But uh, winter tends to be a time that things things slow down a little bit. Um, you know, especially the European market in December, nobody does anything. You know, they they take they take 
you know, they take the vacations that, <laughs> that everybody wishes they were taking, um, you know, especially during those months. So, um, you know, besides the, uh, the album release, that's, uh, that's about it, uh, for the immediate cool. future. Can you go over quickly who actually is in the band? Well, on the record, you're just hearing me. Okay. Uh, the record's all me. And when we do it live, it's me and four of my best friends. Uh, I'm singing, uh, our guitar players are, uh, Scott and Mike and our bass player's name is Bob and our drummer is Ian and uh Mike and Bob come from a band uh also in Illinois another Illinois band called Zool um you know I I would think there would be a lot of uh crossover appeal between High Spirits and Zool we've done some some shows together which is obviously hard on those guys but they always uh you know they always pull it together and uh Ian has pretty much been been my drummer. I don't like the, uh, the the possessive terminology like that, but that's really you know he's he's my drummer. Uh, and a couple other bands we're in Super Christ together. Um, and Scott's been my best friend, uh, you know, since we were in college. He was my college roommate, and uh, you know we we both kind of took the long way to end up in Chicago, but we're both here now. So uh, so uh, that's working out really well. Uh, you know, having uh, having these guys that I've been friends with for so long now uh, able to you know, step up and, and, and make this, make this really make this band a possibility. Um, cause when it started, it was just, you know, it was just me with a guitar and some songs and, and a MySpace page. And it's really grown, uh, beyond what I even could have imagined, you know? Now you mentioned your other band, Super Christ is, it's obviously a different musical style. Have, have the fans crossed over to high spirits or not really? Um, there's been some of that. Yeah. Uh, there's been some of that. There's, there's some fans of both bands who are probably, uh, you know, totally, totally ignorant that the other one, that the other one even exists. You know, I try to, I try to keep things, you know, fairly compartmentalized and I'm not trying to piggyback any, you know, any one band on, on any other one band, you know what I mean? But, uh, but there has for sure, there has been some crossover and, and their styles aren't, aren't totally dissimilar. I mean, it's all, it, it's all rock and roll at the end of the day. There's right. going to be a guitar solo in the song. You know. Cool. Cool. Well, thanks so much for joining us. We wish you the best of luck. We're going to get into Thanks another night. Cool. Yeah, another night in the city right now, which is off of the brand new record or fairly new record, Another Night by High Spirits. Thanks, Chris. You know what? Okay. If we could get your name and your band and you're listening to Talking Metal. This is Chris Black from High Spirits and you're listening to Talking Metal. Midnight City. Lights in the sky.
And we're back with Talking Metal Live. Hi, Mark. Hey. Yeah, uh, Chris Black, High Spirits. Uh, that was a little bit of an ass-kisser interview, but that's what we're known for here on Talking Metal. <laughs> um, and the guy deserves it. I really, I really honestly uh, love his songs. I... I, I Actually, was was talking to him uh, offline. There was a, a possibility that that there could might be some more, not necessarily talking metal, but some kind of TV show going on where um, we cover metal songs. Uh, this looks less likely now that it's going to happen, <laughs> but a few weeks back, it looked like it was going to happen on a on a TV. Oh, you mean station. the jam thing, you guys? Yeah, have basically done? what we did on the Talking Metal on Fuse show. Which, P.S. By the way, we're long overdue for that. You and me and John oh, a jam. and whatever. Yeah, yes. yeah, I know, I know. Um, but, but there was some interest of maybe possibly doing that on another uh, network. But the problem was the network had no money for clearing Clearance. songs. Sure. Because when you like when we did that Fuse show, you know, we would cover a song and, and we'd have to pay like $30,000 publishing. Not us per per personally, uh. but the Fuse would. Because when you cover Paranoid... Mm -hmm. No one gives you your song for free. When you cover a Judas Priest song, they want they want to get paid, and they well, should. Hence, why Judas Priestess hasn't done a lot of TV. Yeah, even though we've been asked to. Uh, really, that's uh -huh. yeah. Ah, mm -hmm. that, there you go. It, which so, anyways, I, I thought that this guy in high spirits, he writes such good songs, and I, I was hoping maybe if a TV thing did happen, he would sign up, let us cover his songs for free. Um, the flip side of that is everybody, of course, wants to hear a song that they know, like a Judas Priest right. song, or I mean, even hell, look at American Idol. Judas Priest is on American Idol. You know, it's like, you know, it's it's like people want to hear songs they know. What so. did you think of that? A Judas Priest, Priest on, on Idol. What's the kid's name? Uh, James Durbin. Yeah, James. Uh, I, I I thought he was. I thought I, I like James. I, I was kind of rooting for him, although I I figured he wouldn't win. Um, and. I thought I voted for Sanjaya. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad that you still remember that person's name. <gasps> I uh, I thought I thought it was. I mean, listen. It, I uh, you know, it, it, at one time, heavy the heavy metal that uh, that I grew up on, or we all grew up on, like Black Sabbath and Judas Priest. It was super dangerous and kind of on the fringe of society. And as time has gone on, you see marching bands playing uh, Iron Man. And, and I mean, you know, yeah, and, that's true. Uh, but uh, you but, know what? Still, I'm going to, I'm going to just insert this because this has been a talk topic of conversation for like a couple of weeks sure. amongst me and my friends is that I feel like pop culture has like heavy metal envy. Like they see yeah. heavy metal things, like iconic heavy metal things, and they want them, but they don't want. Yeah, like for example, the whole even heavy the metal you know the devil stigma. horns. Yeah, yeah, you know. like they like things get taken. It's like they want the cliff notes of heavy metal. What yeah. they think is, but to them it becomes like all one. Like to a lot of people who don't understand heavy metal that are more into like pop culture, commercial right. music, they meld heavy metal with punk and they meld it with like, you know, um, I don't know. Sanjaya. Rock and roll. It's right. Sanjaya. <laughs> right. And they think it's all like one thing or goth. Like some people think goth is rock and roll and metal at right. the same time. Like they don't understand. It's like different worlds, you know, but I definitely have a, I, I kind of get like a little like tick in my, eyeball when I see like pop singers that want this heavy metal energy or attention or affiliation or anything like that. And they literally will pick out like 
something as simple as like a font, a logo that looks reminiscent yeah. of like priest or looks like Iron Maiden or like they'll use skulls and be like, look, this is my band with our skulls. But their music yeah. is like, you know, it sounds like elevator music or it's like, you know, disco pop. Yeah, no, I I, I am with you 100 uh, percent back to the American Idol thing. You know, it's like it's it's those people who are are. You know, in the back in the day, we used to call them posers. Mm-hmm. You know, some people used to call me posers, a poser back in the day. But <laughs> some people probably still do. But um, the, uh, you know, it, it's like it's like it's those people who watched American Idol and, and probably maybe were educated to. Oh, okay. So this this band that that we wear the t-shirts of and we never heard. Oh, this is what they sound like. Right. You know. So I mean, if it if it if it helped Judas Priest at all, and I believe way, it did. I and I, I I I'm I'm quite sure it did. I think that it was probably uh, great for them. You know. And I'll be quite honest. My cell phone was blowing up off the hook all day. Right. With people that are going, can you believe it? Oh my God, they're doing Idol. What the hell? You know? How dare they? What the hell's going on here? And it's just like. Well, this is probably like one of the biggest nights of their career and they're yeah, and, being and, I mean, seen they, in front of more people than they ever would playing live at a show somewhere, like some other show. Right. You know, they're getting more viewers, more attention totally. and they've earned it. I feel, you know, they are in that upper echelon, you know, they are in that, to me, that rock and roll hall of fame status. They're that important and big of a band, you yeah. know? So, I mean, people have mixed feelings about it. a lot of the hardcore fans were... You know, thought it was blasphemy. Well, but. because they they feel that that something that's been so precious and close to them right. for so many years was suddenly exposed. You right. know, and I I relate to that. I mean, I remember when when Metallica sort of like seeing Grandma on the street corner hooking. <laughs> well, not exactly the not same. A, not exactly, <laughs> but maybe. Yeah. I mean, I remember when Metallica was was like my band as, as like some you know pimple faced teenager. I felt like they were my thing. You know, um, it was it's a sharing thing. And it was like suddenly Justice for All came out and, you know, they did what they said they would never do, make a music video. And it was on MTV every hour. And I walked into Macy's in, you know, the Quaker Bridge Mall in Trenton, (laughs) New Jersey. And and there was Metallica shirts on the racks at Macy's. And I suddenly was like, like, I was like, wait, this was my thing, you know, Uh and I, I, and I felt, you know, and suddenly the football players at high school were wearing. Yeah. It's a possessive thing. You're possessive of the band you loved. You didn't want anyone else to love him. You wanted to be you that loved him. Yeah. And I, I felt like, oh, okay, well, you know, Justice for all but you don't know you know phantom lord off of kill them all you know you don't know that song no they don't and you know there's an interesting line that gets crossed somewhere because i remember a friend of mine who i adore very much one day she i saw her hanging out and she had a ramones t-shirt on and i was like oh i didn't know you liked the ramones like what songs do you like and she was like what are you talking about i'm like your shirt that you have on right right now what ramones songs do you like i didn't know you were a fan she was like Oh, uh, I just like the logo. Yeah. And I was like, screw you, man. Like, you can't do that. And then yeah. I was like, wait a minute. This is my friend. And like, I don't know. She likes the design. Can I hate her for lighting, liking right. part of the art, even though it's not the music part? I don't know. Yeah. But there's no. a definite line that gets crossed in, amongst all this. But I feel like at this point, I guess the line is so blurry that it doesn't even matter anymore. Do people care? I don't well, know. yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's there's some people who care. I know on the Talking Metal forums there was one guy 
who was absolutely completely devastated that Priest and Zach Wild had had been on, on Idol, uh, right? American Idol, and it, plus he saw his grandma on the street yeah. corner hooking. <laughs> <laughs> I just want something With weird. Sangria. What'd you say? Sangina. Sangia. Sangia. Sangina. John Astronomy <laughs> literally walked into the studio about five minutes ago, looked around, and uh, then walked back out. So I, I don't know uh, what what's going on here, but. Maybe he is texting Ace, getting Ace all set for his uh, nine fifteen interview, or he has diarrhea, or he yeah, or, <laughs> yeah. or maybe he's munching pizza, pizza out there. But um, I know uh, Militia, you're probably going to be taking off soon. Yeah, I'm going to have to head out soon because I'm on my way to Afropunk, and I'm so excited. Um, so for all of you people who don't know what Afropunk is, it is called the Other Black Experience. It's for a voice that's very rarely heard of in the media. People such as myself, the token blacks and all of the rock scenes across the world, we all get together and we have a big party. Cool. And it's not some like Black Panther thing. It's not some like, you know, anti other racist thing. It's a celebration of music that we love and fashion and art and skateboarding and BMX and whatever in this scene. It's very cool. It's very Brooklyn. It's a movement. Um, there's a documentary that tells you more about it. Um, you can get it on Netflix. This isn't some like racist thing where like if you're white, you can't go to the events. Like everyone's allowed to go to the event. It's very cool. Come out. So um, you can check it out on Afropunk.com. And it's just a celebration of the bands we love. Excellent. Uh, and we will have links and uh, info on, on what you're up to. You mentioned a, a, a string of gigs and parties and stuff. So we'll try yeah, to... Yeah, there's a bunch of dates coming up. We'll try to link to your site. Maybe all that do. stuff is yeah. up there. Yeah. com. So that's my official website. There's um, show dates. There's info on me. There's pictures. There's all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, so definitely check it out. And there's swearonyourlife.com and judaspriestessband.com. So be my friend on Twitter and Facebook and all that cool stuff. Excellent. And we'll talk about music and metal and art and life. Cool. Thank you for joining us, Militia. We'll have you back real soon. Thanks for having me. And this is Man of War with All Men Play on 10.
gonna turn down again.